0: right, we continue into our BIOS series where, as pastors, we partner up with one of our amazing families, one of you, and um, we help to grant space for your voice and your journey to be shared. Today, I have the wonderful, wonderful opportunity and privilege to introduce you to um, Rosie, who is our office assistant. We invite her to come on up, yes. (laughs) Rosie's been a part of this community and has worked before us. For about six and a half years. Um, She is currently doing her religious studies degree over at Lassie University. And fun little fact Rosie and Zion have been uh, taking courses together, so Pastor Zion and Rosie are familiar with each other. Rosie, welcome. Share your story with us today, ladies and gentlemen, Rosie.
1: My mission today is to show you that if God can use me, he can use you. Happy Sabbath, La Sierra University Church. When I, happy Sabbath. When I first received this invitation, I thought they emailed the wrong person. I checked over and over again, but I quickly realized Pastor Ben knew what he was doing. So I agreed. As Pastor Icky and I were reflecting on what I would be sharing this morning, it was also important for me to share my story uh, with everybody, but it was also important for me to use wisdom to know what to share and when to share it. So it is with a humble heart that I share a little of who I am today. So we'll start from the very beginning. I was born in Mexico City. I share the same birthday as my mom. I crushed her birthday, May 10. I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church, but my family found the Adventist Church uh, when we moved to California. More specific, the Spanish Church. Lucky us. So I was brought to the United States uh, as a little girl, and I can recall from a young age always wanting to be used for God's will, not knowing what that even meant. I wanted to help others and make a difference. I am the oldest out of four children. It's myself, Estefania, Abraham, and Moses. Thank you for supporting me today. And we all attended Orangewood Academy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Orangewood. I love Orangewood Academy. I was lucky to have the Academy experiences. I was part of different sports and the Bible retreats. But I must say, In the midst of it all, I still wondered if I belong. You see, through all the blessings that now I can see were blessings, I always struggled to accept them. So after we, we all attended Orangewood, but after I graduated, I started La Sierra University a long time ago. And I was specifically interested in the psychology uh, program because I always found myself asking one of two questions. Why am I like this? And why are they like this? And I thought that maybe God would use me uh, through psychology In every relationship or friendship, I was always the one listening, so getting paid wouldn't be bad. But as soon as I started the university, I left. Again, I was struggling with my identity. Why did I always question if I belonged? So after leaving the university, I no longer felt useful. I couldn't see how God can use me anymore. So some time passed, a few years, and I was married. A year, another year passed, and I had my amazing son, Giovanni Phillips. So a little about Giovanni, Uh, you guys might know him and not me, but uh, he is an animal lover. Giovanni has a down-to-earth personality, (laughs) and I am very blessed to be his mother, and he has more friends than me. I think that's already clear. So a few years went, more years went by. But if I'm honest, it felt like a blink of an eye when I realized there was a shift in my entire identity. This was the start to a nightmare that had felt like a fairy tale. When I looked in the mirror, I was now a domestic violence survivor divorced at 27, and a single parent. And all I can think was one specific thought. I've made a mess, God. As fast as my life had started, I felt it had finished, well, in in my eyes. Not only was I questioning my purpose, but I was also questioning my identity because I was faced with a distorted identity I could not accept. And a second thought always following, who I am and who I want to be cannot connect, Lord. So for our safety, my entire family relocated from Orange County to Riverside County and still holding on to my pieces my broken pieces and still with that stubborn thought of being used for God's will I prayed and hoped God can still work through my life somehow And that is when I started working at the church office. And Giovanni started uh, La Sierra Academy. And little did I know, this was the beginning towards our healing. I was able to experience a safe environment for once in a long time. And if I'm honest, my entire nervous system Wasn't too sure how to react or how to take it in. And if I'm even more honest, I'm still a work in progress. So during the shutdown due to COVID, I was blessed to connect uh, via lovely Zoom with different churches. We created uh, groups and prayer meetings. And one of those amazing experiences, and I'm sure some of you might remember, was the 2020 Deep Calling Discipleship Class that Taraven Cross created, and it was led out by Pastor Wen Orledge. And this sparked uh, the need for me to be used for God's will even bigger. I was determined to fight through my hardship. One thing I was sure of, I was slowly, very slowly, finding my identity in Christ again. And he nurtured my entire family, not just me. He blessed my siblings and my mother And he nurtured us with empathetic mentors. I think the empathetic part really was what my family needed. And as slow and awkward as I am to open up, I can honestly say I feel healing in this place because God dwells here. So. God placed a new passion in my heart. But I must confess, I can still enjoy a little of psychology because I still wonder what goes on in some people's heads. (laughs) I love the work that I do. I even made work sisters. I've never had those. And God changed my entire life around, and my son's life around. God has given us a purpose again, and you have given us a home. If you hear anything this morning, please let it be the following. Always remember who you are and whose you are. I share all this with you this morning, which I never imagined I would, because I believe it is our responsibility to strengthen our brothers and sisters, not just through our blessings, not just through the good times, but through our struggles. And I know it feels very vulnerable at times, but I think that's where the connections are made with the community. So this makes me think of a spotter. I don't know how many of you go to the gym uh, or lift, but a spotter, the responsibility of a spotter is to assist you so whatever you are pushing does not crush you. The push or lift is all yours. The spotter is just standby if or when needed. So I think it is our responsibility to be some sort of a spiritual spotter, if you will, traveling alongside our community, our friends, praying for one another, encouraging one another, and building a safe community. So I want to leave you with a powerful scripture this morning. And whoever is able, may you please stand for the reading of the word.
0: From the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat.
1: But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail so when you have repented and turned to me again strengthen your brothers the word, word of, god. of god
0: this is my story this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Before we get into a few moments of reflection from the text, I want to announce something. The Ruth Fagel is here with us this morning. <laughs> she made it in just after we announced her birthday, and I think it is, it is proper of us to sing her happy birthday, shouldn't we? All right, church, <clears throat> tune it up. Here we go. Happy, happy birthday to you. Ruth is over here. Happy birthday to you. At 99. Happy birthday, dear Ruth. Big one. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, Ruth. I don't want to hear excuses from anybody about not being able to make it to church. 99, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Praise God. Among the other things at the end of our service that you're welcome to do, I want you to go and give Ruth a huge hug, bless her, um, and let her know just how, how wonderful it is um, that we get to celebrate another uh, journey around the sun with her in her new year of life. Simon, 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 Simon Satan has asked to sith all of you as weep. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. A couple weeks ago, as Pastor Devo lined up all of our, uh, reached out and invited all of our families who would like to share their story, got confirmation. I called up. Rosie and I said Rosie let's get together I want to sit down I want to and I hadn't known Rosie I'd been here about a year but I hadn't really shared space with her where she could tell me her story so I said, let's sit down together I want to hear your story and let's begin to write out and map out how you would share this and she said great and when we got together Rosie had already mapped everything out I was like dang and she even had a scripture she said this is what you'll preach on Rosie's like this big. I'm like, "What? Are you bullying me right now?" All right, I will preach on it. Don't look at me like that, because Rosie's strong. She shares her story, and I'm listening to her, and all of the the different uh, variations of her her path, the detours that she had to go through, her struggles, her obstacles, having to come to this country. Full of strangers and foreigners not knowing much. The care and love she gets from the Adventist community. Praise God for beautiful communities, amen. Watching her brother and her sisters grow up. Decisions she has to make places where her identity feels short Where she feels, even after all the things she does, playing all the sports, being active, being involved, still feeling like she didn't belong. I don't know if anybody knows how that feels. To be among the crowd and still feel like you don't quite belong. This is Rosie's story. Now in our scripture today, this is about Peter. And Peter's story juxtaposes Rosie's quite a bit. Peter here in the passage knew that he belonged. In fact, just before this portion, him and the boys are arguing and debating about who is going to be in the seat next to Jesus. Who's the best? You don't talk about who gets to be in the best position unless you know you belong. He knew he belonged. He was called by Jesus personally. He walked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, slept with Jesus, lived with Jesus, debated with Jesus, learned from Jesus. And in fact, the passage right after our scripture, he's making this huge statement about how he's not going to to, to leave the side of Jesus, not even unto death. Peter, unlike Rosie, felt like he belonged. He was so sure of his place that it never even dawned on him that he could actually mess up. It never even dawned on him that uh, uh, through his, uh, his false superficial confidence that he's human being and that there's a possibility he might fail or he might make a wrong decision or somewhere along the way the pressures of life where he begins to crack, he falls back from his relationship with God. He never, even up to that moment, Thinks about it. Here are Jesus' words again this morning. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus says, and when you turn back, The Greek word here is not just to return, it's to convert or to revert. It's it's the idea that um, you go back to a position you once had. I'm, I'm reverting to, and oftentimes we use that as a negative, it has a negative connotation, to revert to something. But here in this text, to revert to something is to going back to recognizing you have always, since the beginning, belonged. And so he talks about being sifted out. Jesus' statement here isn't a hopeful. Whimsical wish that maybe Peter, I hope that you'll turn back. It's it's actually a statement, a declaration, a directive. It, it's a statement of assurance to Peter that yes, Peter, indeed, at some point, you're going to fall apart. You're going to get sifted. And to be sifted means that, that things just break through and, and fall and crumble. Life is going to happen like that. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. But here's the directive of assurance that even in those moments when everything has broken to pieces. I still love you. You still belong to me. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Amen. I took a class, many classes here at Lassie University. This is a second home to me. I, I love this place. I, I, I'm thankful to be here. One of my graduate courses I had taken from Dr. Juan Il Kim. Old Testament professor. I've taken many classes from him. In the beginning of my journey with Dr. Juan Hill, it was rough. Because Dr. Juan Hill says things you don't like to hear. And he says it nonchalantly and moves on with his life. We took an old, uh, old Testament course together and uh, he's talking about the story of Job and he tells me and, and uh, the classmates there, he says, you know, I struggled and I wrestled with this story of injustice to Job just to make a point. He said, I I cried over it. I I was upset. I was upset at God. I was upset at the situations. How could this happen to Job? And he says, one day while I'm driving along just in tears, I pull my car over. I get out uh, of the car, and there this rainbow was, he says. And then it dawns on him. He says, in that moment, I had this epiphany. That maybe the story of Job, much like my own story, is that while things seem to be falling apart all around me, God isn't falling apart. That God is always whole and for me, even when in my life everything seems to be falling apart. If you've been shaken or sifted, If you know what failure tastes like, if you've made some mistakes, even some big mistakes in life, and maybe you can share the sentiments of Rosie that I've made a mess, God. Firstly, today, may we hear that through it all, we have always belonged to God who isn't shaken or falling apart. That we have always belonged to God even when we couldn't sense it. That God has always been near. And secondly, may we trust God enough to work for the good of others, even whilst we are in the situations we are in today. You don't have to be a preacher or an evangelist or a musician Many of us do it all week long. Many of you are doing it on a weekly basis. You teachers and healthcare workers, professors, nurses, doctors, dental hygienists, counselors, gardeners. We are all in the work of doing good in this world no matter how our lives feel shaken and broken. Many of you do it while being students. Others of you are doing it while parenting And others are retired with grandkids still doing the duties of God. Amen. There's no ideal job or position to live out the purpose of God, only that we live out the purpose of God. We've had some students help in our Food Pantry Plus and in our uh, boutique over there. And at the end of their time in their course, they write reflection papers about what it was like to do service learning. One student writes this. Name is Damaris. I thought only young people did service. It showed me that people even up to the age of 80 years old still take time to give back to their community. It, this, was, this was revelation to her. She had no idea that at the age of 80, people could still be servicing the community. Thank God for an experience where she realizes at every age, God calls us to serve. Amen. Following Christ can happen anywhere, anytime, any circumstance, and at any age. We don't have to wait until life is perfect and everything is right in the world. That's not even reality. Shane Claiborne writes, God is not interested in successful people. God is interested in faithful people. We don't have to wait to be healed or to be whole. We don't have to wait to be for the ideal time or place or situation before we can be helpful. To accept that we belong now to God is to be okay that you and I, as Rosie said, are a work in progress that God loves us as we are, and that God wants to use us today, not tomorrow, today. Turn to someone and say, today. today. Touch someone else's shoulder and say, today. Today. God wants us today. We belong to him today. You don't have to wait until you get it right tomorrow. You might get it right tomorrow, you might not, but you belong to God today. God wants to use you in this space today, just as you are today. Today. We don't have to wait to be healed. We don't have to wait till everything goes right. We don't have to wait until our children finally move out of our house cuz they won't. <laughs> we don't have to wait till we have enough finances. We can all have we all have the propensity and the capability to do something good today. Rosie's story reminds me that I often forget I already belong to God, and he calls me to do good today, to be a spotter today. Food Pantry Plus makes a difference. This is an example that I want to close with. That is practical and tangible. I want to share a few more, um, just snippets. And these, these students, they're writing two-page papers, and I just wanted to take little snippets out to share with you The difference the Food Pantry Plus makes, not just to the community it serves, but to those who come and serve alongside. Here's Kimberly. I now recognize that anyone can experience food insecurity. And it is crucial to approach each person with kindness and non-judgment. I now recognize, she says, as if prior to this time it wasn't quite on her radar. But hanging out with these amazing mentors at our Food Pantry Plus for a few hours a week, gave a revelation. Here's Evelyn. Evelyn writes, I had the pleasure of working with a team at the Food, bank, at the food Pantry Plus, and I must say they are a group of hardworking individuals who are passionate about giving back to the community. Liz Wright, had great passion and always focused on what was best for the community. I also had the pleasure of working with Teresa, who was always kind and showed her appreciation for the service, learning workers. It was truly inspiring to work with such a dedicated and caring team. What powerful words. No one has ever come up to me and given me this kind of compliment after a sermon. (laughs) Rightly so. This is really what ministry looks like. This is what it looks like for us in our situations. No one uh, uh, has told them about Liz's life and Darren, as you heard a few weeks ago, and the things they had to go through. No one has shared with them what Teresa has been dealing with. And yet, these people, in their situation, serve others. This is Julissa. Julissa. Jaleesa writes, striving to have the same compassion and drive that these individuals do and inspiring is not, is inspiring and not easy. It has opened my eyes to the lack of help and young volunteers there are. Rachel, I learned that I enjoyed helping out at the services like these. She learned this about herself. She didn't know that. Life is very distracting, right? Like, I've got my social media and my friends and I've got sports and I've got this and I've got that. Hey, I've been doing this service thing and I just figured something out. I love helping out. Ryan, I learned how vital community resources like food pantries are in helping individuals and families who are experiencing food insecurity. I realize that a community is maintained because there are people who are dedicated than who dedicate themselves to others in unseen places. In your capacity. You don't have to get up and preach a sermon or be an evangelist or being an amazing musician. You don't have to have accomplished some great feat where people finally give you accolades and recognize your name on a billboard. You can begin to do the good right now. You can make the difference today. Shortly here at the end, we're gonna do another one. I'll give you, it's an easy exercise for all of us to do. Really easy. We'll have the foster kids' birthday cards like we do every month spread out across our stage here. All you have to do to do some goodness in this world today, tangibly, come up and sign the card. Say, hey, blessings to you. Hey, praying for you. Hey, hoping you have an amazing year. Hey, you, you, you belong. Hey, there's a community that's thinking about you. We believe in you. That's all you have to do. And you will change a life today. I mean, it's this practical To lean into spaces, everyone is capable of doing good as God called us to. I wanna show you a picture. This is a picture of um, a kid who actually wrote back to one of our cards back in June. Thanks for the card. I am doing a great job at following God, as one of the notes said, so that's that. It is currently June 12th, and the letter was probably sent on my birthday. Let's see how long this takes to send. P.S. You're a real one for remembering my birthday because I don't remember yours. (laughs) I ran into um, the vice chair who is running this for the county yesterday while I was getting my kids some food. And I was introduced to her. And she leans in and she says, thank you. These kids are, many are unseen, are unrecognized. And these cards you all have been fluttering in has made a difference. I mean, could you imagine just a signature? Could you imagine just a couple words, period? And it really does some transformative work. You see, we are all capable of doing goodness. And if that's not it, if that, you know, if maybe it's too much, it's a long walk to get to the stage, I know, I get it. I don't like walking either. You can give. We have families and children that could use student aid assistance to get into school here so they can have a Christian education. We need you to give so that they can have a Christian education experience. There are families that are are praying right now, wondering and hoping there might be a way. That touches a, a string in my heart because, um, because there were many who gave so that all me and my siblings could actually go to Christian education. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for people like you who would give. Or call someone. We have the capability to call, just call someone today and say, you know what? I just want to affirm you. In case no one has said it lately, you belong. You're valuable. I see you. You matter. So, Rosie, thank you. And if you haven't heard it from us, you belong here among our community. And we thank you for the good work that you do that makes a difference to many. Be well.